into you Why don't you just treat me kind The root of my problem You have to root excuse I can't make the blocks align I turn blue to red Then back again What the hell, where did that orange come from? Never can solve them. You got a Rubik's heart. It puzzles me every time. You got a Rubik's heart. I can't make those blocks align. No, no. You got a Rubik's heart. And I turn it The colors never match I'm going out of my mind I swear I'll return it But never take it back It's now a matter of pride I heard someone say That they found a way But they just cheated and take the stickers I never will learn it You got a Rubik's heart It puzzles me every time You got a Rubik's heart I'm going out of my mind You got a Rubik's heart it's a matter of pride now This time I might get it This time I'd be the one I finished with three whole signs No, hang on, forget it The red got all undone I swear I've gone colorblind This Ruby guy Is gonna die if I get my hands on that goddamn bastard He's gonna regret it Making your Rubik's heart It puzzles me every time You got a Rubik's heart It's making me colorblind, no, no I finished three slides, I'm telling you this time You got a Rubik's heart It puzzles me every time Hey everybody, this is Jordan D. White here, and that was me playing a quick version of Rubik's Heart, a song written by Mr. Scape White, my cat, uh, for his rock school performance um it was an assignment he did a while back he was supposed to write an 80s song so he wrote a song his version was much synthier and um, obviously it's still about a rubik's cube but i thought why not do a little ukulele cover so uh, what did you think of that scape scape is my cat he's right here well dad uh you changed it so it's not like an 80s song anymore well no i i know it's like a cover well, so it, it, it's now it doesn't do the job it's supposed to do well, it's, I mean, I assume that in addition to being an 80s song, it's also supposed to be a good song. Well, yeah, it is a good song. Good. So then logic follows that what I have done here is I have uh, uh, continued to do a, a a version of it that is a good song. Like, like there was, a, first of all, it wasn't really an 80s song, but there were lots of songs that were actually written in the 80s, and uh, people will cover them now and make them sound nice. Like, I did the safety dance one time. Well... This is like that. Um, the Safety Dance was an 80s song, and this is your 80s song, and I'm doing a little ukulele cover of it. Well, it's not as good. That's all I'm saying. When I do it, I put in, like, emotion, so you should try doing that. I Well, I did. I thought I did put in emotion, okay, but I guess not as much. No, not as much. When I do, I really sell it. I'm like, you got a really It buys me every time, or it buys me. That's that's some emotion that you got there. Yeah, so that that's what you that's what you yearn in rock school. Speaking of which, um, let's get right to it. Um, since we're 
We're talking about rock school. Oh, before we get to that, I'm sorry I didn't have a show last two weeks. Two weeks ago, I was in Chicago visiting my family. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Last week, I had a cold, and so I was going to do a show, but then I was like, eh, I have a cold, I shouldn't. Um, and so I didn't. Uh, I promise this is not the return of the bad old days when I was doing like a show a month, if that. I just uh, needed two weeks, I guess, to, to get other stuff done. Right now, I am preparing for a hurricane, and by preparing for a hurricane, I mean hoping a hurricane doesn't hit that hard. Um, does that make me a dumbass? Well, maybe. We do have a lot of water in our fridge. We, we've uh, filled up lots of containers with water just in case. Um, we've bought some canned food. Not a ton, but we've bought some tuna fish, you know? That's about it. Like, we really haven't done that much preparation. So, I mean, Devin already has 50,000 candles, so we've got that covered. But... Basically, I'm just hoping that it doesn't hit too hard. So, back to what we were talking about. Scape and his rock school. Scape. Yes! As you know, I've been giving you crap recently. Yeah, you shouldn't. Well, I should, because I've been giving you crap recently because you have this uh, thesis that you were supposed to do last semester that you didn't do, and then you were supposed to finish it over the summer, and you didn't do that. So, um, now, uh, what we have done is we have worked it out. Those of you who are worried about it, we did work it out. Uh, here I have a letter from... Scape's professor. Dear Scape, I'm writing to let you know that the board has approved your request to defer your second year thesis course to fall 2011. This is certainly an acceptable solution given your circumstances, and we are pleased that you took the initiative to propose it. I was my idea, guys. I suggested it to him. He's a dumbass. No, no, I'm not a dumbass. I'll just be... It's a, I've been working real hard, but, like, I've been thinking a lot. That's not working real hard. Anyway, let me continue with the letter. You have been enrolled in a second-year thesis course for fall 2011 under my advisement. We do not typically run thesis courses in the fall and do not have many faculty available to advise you, so you're stuck with me, I'm afraid. Upon completion of your thesis course this semester, you will be enrolled in third-year classes. You can choose to finish a semester late in fall 2012 or to complete an accelerated winter course for your first semester and finish on track this spring. We'll talk about that later. We don't need to worry about that. Uh, your transcript will reflect an F for your spring 2011 thesis course until you complete the fall course, at which time the F will be changed to a W to reflect the withdrawal. Should you not complete the fall course, the F will remain for spring. We will begin on Monday, August 29th, and meet via internet on Wednesday afternoons, as previously arranged. Your assignments will be individual sections of your thesis as you develop them, and will be due on selected Mondays by broadcast on your podcast. Your final project will be the final edited version of your epic song. I do look forward to hearing your thesis as it develops in its final form. Your choice is quite creative, and I will be happy to be receiving your work again. You have been missed. Aw, warm regards, Dr. Rock. So, Scape, you're taking advantage of this nice woman's kindness, but it means that you're not going to have an F if you actually do the work. I, why would I not do the work? Dad, I do a lot of work. You don't. I mean, you used to. You used to record songs on a regular basis. How many songs did you do? You did a whole bunch of songs. Let me open up my, my iTunes, and I will search for how many songs you recorded so far on your, your, your uh, classes. Scape White. Yeah, Pet Sounds, you did 10 songs. You did Rolodotodoto, Brushing, Rubik's Heart, Merry Christmas If You're Lucky, MF, Silent All These Years. Well, you didn't write that, but you recorded it. Cat Is Sleeping, Mess On Your Hands, Claws In You, Lick The Bowl. Those are all your songs. 10. 10 is a lot. That's how I say it when I mean a lot. Well, okay, but it is a good amount, but you have to do this big one. So now let's recap for the people who have forgotten. Uh, you are working on a musical adaptation of The Call of Cthulhu, is that correct? Yes, to combine my love of scary stories with my love of rocking. Good, good. Now, as you know, Scape, and as the listeners don't, in giving you crap about this, I have uh, been bugging you and making you do some work. So can we address for a moment what you have been thinking about and planning for your thesis? Yeah, well, okay. So, you know Call of Cthulhu, right? Well, I, I mean, I do, but I don't know if everybody does. Well, it's just, it's like a story, okay? Stories are, like, scary stories, like, with things that happen and somebody tells. Right. So, in Call of Cthulhu, there's three parts. Part one is about, like, a sculpture, kind of. And part two is about a detective that saw some things. And part three is about what happened in the ocean on a boat. Okay. And so I was going to do, like, free sections, free impressions or whatever. And so I've started, Dad, guess what? I've started working on the first one, okay? You did. Excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, I have started by writing down in my head and then getting you to write down some words for it. Do you want to say some of them? No, 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 no. Because I don't want to spoil it, but I did. I wrote down, I had you write down, two pages of words, okay? Two whole pages. Right? That's pretty good. That's some pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, it is. 
sir. So, okay, let me uh, let me also address something else that is slightly related to this, and then we'll get to our other guest, because we do have another guest. Slightly related to this, I feel a little bad, because I am Scape's father, in a sense. I'm an adopted father, obviously. I didn't, I didn't, you know, give birth. Well, I didn't give birth at all, but his mother didn't even give birth. Well, his mother, okay. Look, the point is, he's a cat, and I am his owner slash adopted per- okay. Why Why is this giving me so much trouble? Because you're dumb, Dad. No, as his acting parent, as his guardian, I feel that I've been a bad example is where I'm going with this. I started, you probably remember ages ago, and I mean ages ago, ancient eons past. I mentioned a thing called Science Girl Cinnamon. It's something I wrote. I wrote an episode of it. It's a new series I was making up. I wrote an episode of it. Guess what? I recorded an episode of it. I got all the actors together and I recorded them. Then it just kind of has been sitting there. I've done a little bit of editing. I, well, I edited all the, the lines, but I haven't done the sound effects. I haven't done the music for it. I feel bad, okay? Because I am a bad example for Scapey. I have this project that I want to work on and I have not done anything for it in a long time. And it's been sitting there lying sallow. Is that a word? Is that how, is that a phrase? I don't know. Well, let's pretend it is. And it, it, you could write into us at castandwax.gmail.com and tell me what I used incorrectly there. Point is, I want to complete Science Girl Cinnamon. Now, I'm not promising it for next week, and I'm not promising it for the week after or anything crazy like that, but I'm promising that I'm going to get started on it. Me and Scape are both going to work hard over this semester, and we are going to finish our projects. And by finish our projects, I mean I'm definitely going to finish this episode. I'm hoping that this will also motivate me to write more episodes, because I've only written the one. But... Let's pretend it does. Let's pretend it motivates me. Anyway, we got to move on. We really have to move on. We've been going at this for so, so long, and we haven't even brought in our third guest. He's been sitting there on Skype, listening patiently. Um, let's actually allow him on the podcast. Hello, Mr. Rory Sinjin. Hello, finally. Yes, I am here. I've been sitting here just waiting. Uh, that's what I said, yes. So, so Rory, uh, tell us about what's been going on with you. You... Uh Last time we talked, you were talking about how terrible it is being, you know, bankrupt or being, as, as, as my wife pointed out, what, what they call in England, being a bankrupt. Well, I, no, I don't really like to refer to myself as a bankrupt, if I can help it. Well, sure, but I mean, that is what you are. <laughs> well, technically, yes. But no, things have been going quite well for me. I, I've been living here at my, my mother's. I have been uh, trying my hand at, you know, doing using Skype to do lots of readings for the people in America that I can't actually fly out for anymore. As you know, I have many celebrity clients who want their mm -hmm. extra historical readings still um, and would prefer them be face-to-face, -face, but I can do them over video conferencing. Uh, but it also inspired me that perhaps I should do some video dating, you know, some internet dating. And so I've been experimenting with that. Uh, I found a site that I think mm. is quite nice. And um, uh, what, what, what are you doing, Jordan? Oh, um, I'm just, um, I'm having a snack. Because um I, I don't know if you know this I haven't really talked about it on the podcast but um I uh, I've been on a diet um I've been trying this um there's this guy called Tim Ferriss he does this thing called uh, the Four Hour Body well this is one of his books and in it he advocates this um weight loss program of what he calls a slow carb diet the gist of it is you don't eat carbs no sugar no um you know no carb things basically for Six days out of the week. He still wants you to get a good amount of food, like eat a, a decent amount of calories. Doesn't want you to count calories at all. Wants you to eat, you know, until you're not hungry, but not snack, you know, and no carbs. But once a week, which for me is Saturday, you go nuts and you eat whatever you want. And he literally advocates that. He's like, you really got to eat stuff. You got to, you know, binge on the, the snacks that you've been craving. And, and it does. It helps. So like during the week when I'm like, oh, God. I would love to have a pizza, but I can't have a pizza, but I want to. I can, like, just think, wait, on Saturday I'll have a pizza. On Saturday I'll have as much pizza as I want. I'll eat till I puke. Not literally till I puke. Anyway, because we're recording on a Saturday, uh, while we wait for this hurricane to, to come tomorrow, Hurricane Irene, yeah, as if anybody doesn't know that. Anyway, for this hurricane, um, since it's a Saturday, this is a snack day for me. So I'm here chowing down on a um, thing of candy here from... It's really tasty. Cherry punch flavor. Um, that's why, that's why. I'm sorry. Sorry if I'm a little loud. Well, it is loud, and and I thought you don't, you don't like us to be advertising eating on the podcast, and you didn't want us to eat on the podcast. You've, we had a whole shebang about this where I was eating crackers, yeah. and you... Well, that's different. That's different. Eating crackers is different, because you were just doing it for some nefarious, like, money-making scheme. I'm doing this as part of my diet. This is, like, recommended, so... I'm allowed to eat like this. 
I, in fact, I kind of have to. So. Well, you weren't eating during your segment earlier. No, but now I, you were. I mean, I wasn't planning on talking this much while I was eating. I thought you were going to be telling us more about stuff, but now that I've started, I can't just stop eating. You know, I gotta keep going. No, you don't have to. Well, no, but I—I I mean, I'm hungry, and I started tasting it. And it tastes good, so I'm going to keep going. I mean, really knows how to make candy. That's why they're—that's why they're such a famous candy company. And I, I gotta say, out of the four different things I bought here, three of them are made by. So now you're doing the plug thing that that you yelled at me for doing. No, because I'm not. I don't expect that it's going to send me anything. I just. I just thought I would... Okay, you're right. I probably shouldn't mention that it's... But I already mentioned it now. Anyway. Oh, so now that you're, you're here, uh, did you want to say anything you were saying you were dating? Well, yes, I was going to talk about video dating, but all right. I, I suppose I was. All right. All right. Um, Rory's got a life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I hope things are in, in England are great. We've got a hurricane coming here, so... Um, what else are we going to do? Oh, right. We have to get to our big section here. That we, that we've brought back recently, much to the chagrin of many people. Here we go. That's right. That's right. Welcome back to the show, Toll Watch. All right. Um. Let me. Let me. I'm done with this uh, package of candy. So I'll just put it aside for a sec. Okay. Um. This is the section in which we watch Frank Allen, but. Uh, here's the thing. We got a letter right here. Got an got a official envelope here. Uh, which, let's see what's in it, shall we? Oh, shock of shocks. It's a cease and desist. It turns out that the, uh, attorneys for Mr. Frank Allen are saying that we are defaming him on our podcast. I would say that we are, you know, telling the truth about him on our podcast, especially considering that we are the podcast that gave him all his ideas and stuff. Uh, Let's talk about this. So, I'll tell you what, we're not allowed to defame Frank Allen anymore because of this um, lovely letter that I'm crumpling up and throwing away. So what we will do is not talk about Frank Allen because that would be awkward. Uh, we will talk about, instead, Franklin Allenton. Okay, so did you guys know, and I'm sure you're going to be shocked to know this, Rory. Oh, yes? Yes, that Franklin Allenton has an international show that he does right now? Really, Fra Franklin Allenton does. Yes, I mean Franklin Allenton, not anyone else that I could mean. Franklin Allenton has an international show that we have all recently actually managed to watch an episode of, even though it doesn't air here in America. Don't ask how, because I'd rather not incriminate myself. Just presume that I've flown to another country. I'm already in another country, so obviously I didn't break the law. Right. Let's talk about this, shall we? Franklin Allenton's international show that he does is a bunch of ripoffs. He does all of these ridiculous segments, all of which he stole from us. He does. Proselytism, is it real or not? Of course he does. Which is a ripoff of Tractor Fiction, my show. He does. A new debate show called The Debate on the Stage, where they are on a stage debating. Rip off of my show. They do. A segment called Douchebag Watch, where they pick a famous person who is a douchebag and they say that they are watching them. What could that be a rip off of? They do a section called, well, he does an interview, of course, which he did on our podcast for me. They do a segment called This Day in the Future, in which they account for something that happened on this day, except in the future rather than the past. Yes, which I was very particularly upset by, by the way, because not only is it not true, I mean, those things are completely made up, they're not reality discovering things like I do, but they are completely made up joke comedy segments. Right, but I, look, look, the, it's a bunch of things. The, he does a section where he tells stories to a mildly mentally challenged child, and then makes the mentally challenged child tell things back, and that's, to to that's a total rip-off. You know, I can't believe he does this. What is that a rip-off of? That's a... That's a rip-off of Epic Echoes. Oh. Yeah, so... That's not nice! No, it's not. He... Franklin Allenton has completely ripped us off. I can't believe he is as much of a jerk as he is. <sighs> it's, it's infuriating. It's infuriating. Um, so, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a way to get Franklin Allenton once and for all. It's no longer enough to me that Franklin Allenton is not allowed on my show. I'm going to take Franklin Allenton down. Do you hear this, Franklin Allenton? I'm going to take you down. You're going to pay once and for all. You are going 
to pay. And you're going to pay me as well. No, I didn't necessarily mean money, Rory. I was, uh, not everything is about money. Well, I need money, so I want him to pay me for, for taking my ideas. <sighs> okay, maybe so, so then on your part, he can... Uh, but I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to get righteous vengeance. You can get some money. Fine. <sighs> anyway, um, also speaking of, well, not defaming... Frank Allen in any way, but speaking of him, uh, here we do have a uh, a related message because you might recall when we did hear that uh, segment from Frank's uh, speech that he gave at the the, the Frank Allen uh, convention or whatever it was called. He he thanked very important people and he thanked Thomas Edison and Byron Samuels. Well, uh, because we played that on the show, we actually got a message from Thomas Edison and Byron Samuels. So here we are. It's Thomas Edison. And Byron Samuels. All right, this is present Byron Samuels, knighted offense, defense, whatever. And this is inventor, wizard, time traveler, honorary Green Lantern, pop sensation, and now sweet rap DJ, Thomas Alva Edison. This is our uh, audio auditor le- lecture and the podcast. We are correspondinating to Jordan D. White and other people on the podcast. Hello, other people. How's it going? We're just uh, mainly uh, principally wanted to express our depreciation of the uh, program and everything uh, is depressed by Frank Allen on his uh, speech the other day. Yes, indeed. It was interesting to hear a man of insight and wisdom speak on such diverse topics as Frank Allen and Thomas Alva Edison. Well, and myself, President Byron Samuels, I, 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 what I perceived from that was he depressed a lot of platitude for everything I've done for him, which is... To wit, I appeared on his program, and I think, as you rightly uh, pointed out, there's a lot of wisdom demonstrated there. Precisely. And I think, well, I, I appeared on his program, you appeared on his program. And indeed, what, el- what else do you need, really? Uh, nothing. That's why he's famous. Absolutely. I think that he can blame his fame and fortune exclusively on us, and perhaps peripherally on himself. Well, that's right, and well, I think the the bame part is on himself, and the fortune part's on us. But it's so nice to hear somebody at Cast in Wax get ahead. Of course, there's me, Thomas Alva Edison, now Frank Allen. Scape White, of course, had some robots for a while, very impressive. And now all we really need to do is have Jordan really accomplish something with his life, to say nothing of my son. Speaking of which, Rory, I would be really appreciative if you would clean up your room while I've got a moment and your ear. Your mother almost twisted her ankle yesterday when we snuck into your room to make love, and that's just not the sort of environment that we would really appreciate you keeping up in our house. Yeah, problem with your failure, sons, is you know who he is and what his name is. I got plenty of them out there somewhere that I don't bother with. That makes a great deal of sense to me. Now, we're here also because we got to uh, resent some uh, some programs. Uh, this guy got fell down the stairs in the hospital is uh, not being able to do it. Precisely. And whenever Charles Handsome Berman is in danger, there you will find Thomas L. Edison, either responsible or helping him. That's right. Well, I'm a completely responsible person. Uh, that's why I'm usually the ones that done it. Now, let's get to the programs. We've got at least one episode of Slam Jackson, and uh, we got probably something else. We also have the exploitations of Nathan Van Etten and his life lessons. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is us, sliding off. Goodbye, and remember, Thomas Alvedison. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, uh, Byron. It's always great to hear from you. You did say some things I disagree with there. Well, like the fact that you were having sex in my room. Well, I don't disagree with that. I'm sure it was true. I'm sure it was true as well, but you shouldn't be doing it, Thomas. That's where my room is. I had a lock put on. How did you get in? That's really miserable. Oh, uh, I don't I didn't like it. Where was I? Probably on the computer, but still. Come on now. I, I didn't mean for you to be making love with my mother. In my room, that's quite disgusting. Well, Rory, that's that's a mean thing to say. Your mother is a lovely person, yes, I, I, and, and and she's welcome to make love as much as she likes. But I'm talking about making love on your son's bed. Presumably, they were on the bed. I don't know what other part of the room they could have been on. I oh, they could have been anywhere. This is really disgusting. This is not not something I wanted to know about. Well, think of it this way. If you cleaned your room more, you wouldn't have heard about that. Well, now I'm definitely going to clean my room. I'm going to clean it, you know, hygienically, uh, get rid of all, you know, possible liquids and things. Good, good. Um, well, I, 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 I don't want to uh, To be honest with you, I don't think I should stay on too long. Uh, we've, been, we've been talking a long time. Um, oh, wait, I also wanted to say, Thomas, thanks a lot for insulting me and saying I didn't amount to anything. I mean... That was hurtful. Well, Jordan, I mean, you don't make any money. So Neither do you. Well, right. And that's the... I mean, I make some. I make more than you do, probably, still. But I, I have to... You know, I lose it all. Oh, 
Rory, well, 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 I, now you made me forget what I was going to say. Well, I didn't. I can't say I knew what you were going to say. I, I just, um, I, I know what I was going to say, which is please stop having sex in my room. And that goes for you as well, Byron. I don't, I'm assuming you didn't, but, you know, don't. Okay. So, mm, another wonderful um, product here. So, so fruity and delicious. Anyway, where was I going with this? I don't know. Were you going to talk about your diet again? No, but, uh, you know, I could. I'll... I know it's, it seems weird because I'm here eating candy and talking about losing weight, but I actually have been losing weight. When I weighed myself this morning, I weighed 281 pounds, which is a lot, but I started at 301, so that's 20 pounds lighter than I was before, which is pretty impressive. So, obviously, it's working relatively well. Hooray, wonderful, Jordan. Absolutely terrific. Yeah, it is. Um, anyway, so let's get through the shows that they mentioned. Um, what, what did they say? Slam Jackson and, and Nathan Manhattan? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll be wonderful. Anyway, here we go. Slam Jackson uh, starts now. Slam Jackson! Adventurist! By Cheryl Casey. Season 2, Episode 1, Hangover from Bangkok. Our story begins at the end of a long workday for the private investigator and famed adventurist, Slam Jackson. Hey. The great god of goodness himself is headed home with dreams of grandma's world-famous pot roast simmering in his crockpot. But alas, as he opens the door to his home, he is not hit with the aroma of savory carrots and potatoes dripping in beef gravy, but instead the delicate top notes of a hauntingly familiar perfume. Hey, you. And there, perched mysteriously in his seat, betwixt the end table and the bookshelf, like a specter from the past. Really? Now is not the time. But, but I'm the narrator! This is what I do! I appreciate it, but I got this one. Oh, you mean this is- I've got this one. Yeah, sorry. By all means. It had been what, three years? Four? I wish I could have said I was surprised, but from the moment I smelled that perfume in my living room, I knew I was reliving a past so long gone, it had to have been a dream. I had never really thought much of blondes, and that cheap lipstick always had a habit of ending up on napkins, wine glasses... Don't forget collars. And collars. Whitney. Slam. It's been a while. Whitney, what are you doing here? You know I wouldn't be here if it wasn't important. You're in trouble. It wasn't a question that left our hero's pert lips, but a perfectly punctuated statement. Seriously, a little privacy here. Sorry, it's just, just that- Just what? Outside. Oh, for the love of God. And suddenly, at the pinnacle of this intimate tete-a-tete, the front door flings violently open to reveal the latest and no less deadly arch-nemesis. <laughs> at last I have found you. Prepare to weep blood, Jackson. And with the immediacy of someone who's been interrupted one too many times, Slam Jackson stalks to the door and slams it in the face of yet another obnoxious arch-nemesis. Nice one! Now go away. Come on, I've been practicing that line in front of a mirror for like three weeks. Practice for three more. Whitney, I'm sorry about all this. Still as busy as ever, I see. Too busy, even for me. That's not true. Isn't it? Where were you that night, Slam? Let's not dwell on the past. It was raining. That night so long ago when you promised to meet me at that secret spot we'd agreed upon. It was so cold, Slam, so cold. I waited all night and you never showed. You never called. Is that what it was all about? Me not calling? What is this all about, Whitney? You up and vanished one night and I haven't heard anything from you since. Why have you come back? Someone very dear to me wants your blood. You're with someone who wants me dead. What? No, he's very sick and needs a transfusion. I'm a positive, but he's oh, Like you. Why didn't you just go to a blood bank? I hadn't thought of that. Maybe I'll try that. You do that. 
But Whitney? Yeah? If you need my help, you know where to find me. I do. Where would I be without my famed private investigator to save me? Maybe I'll find you waiting in that spot someday. If you call me and tell me where it is, doll. It's safe to come out now. Are you sure? Yeah, she's gone. You okay, man? Yeah. As the mysterious Whitney Andralia walks as quietly out of his home as she did into it, our hero walks into his kitchen. He turns off his crockpot and pulls out a bottle of scotch. Tune in next time for Slam Jackson. Adventurist. In that episode of Slam Jackson, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was Jair Kunrat, Whitney Andrala was Angela Tymon, and Arch Enemy was Patrick McGuire. Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. Back on August 15th, 1057, at the Battle of Lumfannon, King Macbeth of Scotland is slain by Malcolm Canmore, whose father, King Duncan I, was murdered by Macbeth 17 years earlier. All right, witches, we're going to take a poll. Assassinate the king or not assassinate the king. I say let him go. All right, we're sister number two. Yes. Okay, and weird sister number three, what should I do? No, let him live. Hmm, can't seem to make up my mind, but I think I'll follow what the witches say and let Duncan stay alive. Darn it. I am William Shakespeare, and now I'm completely without a tragedy to write. On the other hand, I could write about this exemplary message about democracy. Hmm. Democracy is best when it has a variety of political opinions, so political satire it is. Go! Uh, which is how the famous Shakespearean comedy Macbeth did come about, uh, with its lovable characters of the zany voting witches and the lovable king who listens to his people. And all just getting across that message about the goodness of democracy and how it works. Very good of Shakespeare, especially considering that he was not real. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Hello, this is WHRW Binghamton with This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin. On August 22nd, 1864, the International Red Cross was founded in an agreement at the Geneva Convention of 1864. The agreement, advocated by Swiss humanitarian Jean-Henri Dunant, called for non-partisan care for the sick and wounded in times of war and provided for the neutrality of medical personnel. So, Jean-Henri, or just Jean-Henri if you prefer, it's shorter. Oui. What inspired you to found the International Red Cross? Well, it's an interesting story. I was driving along and I was hurrying because as part of my international peace mission I wanted to get to Geneva really fast and I knew the guy ahead of me was going on the highway to Geneva. So I came really close to him and then he stopped. I was in such dire need of medical attention that I decided to form the International Red Cross. That makes perfect sense. Bad thing I tailgated because I got hurt, but good thing because I founded the Red Cross. That is wonderful. Since such good things come from tailgating, I will do it all the time, and I will start now. Bye-bye. No, you will be killed. Boom! That crazy lady was tailgating an enormous bomb truck. Thank goodness you founded the Red Cross. Yes, now we can save her life. Tell everyone my last words were, tailgating makes great things. That sounds awful. I'm not sure if we should make those her last words. Say some other last words, whatever your name was, woman in the car. French fries are yummy. Ah, that's more true. Mm-hmm. Yes, French fries are yummy, but tailgating is not great. Tailgating can kill if there's a car accident that kills during tailgating incidents. In general, you should keep a, a good distance between you and the car in front of you, just to be on the safe side. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On August 29th, 1533, Atahualpa, the 13th and last emperor of the Incas, dies by strangulation at the hands of Francisco Pizarro's Spanish conquistadors. The execution of Atahualpa, the last free-reigning emperor, marked the end of 300 years of the Inca civilization. Yo, what's up, homies? Conquistadors in your barrio. Yo, I don't want to join you guys. I got a good thing going here in Peru with my Incas. Outside of anywhere else, we stick together. You got it? You stay out of our area. No one's as tight as the conquistadors, Holmes. Yeah, you need to realize this is our territory, Holmes Slice. Come on, the Incas is fat. I'm not joining you. 
No matter what, I'm sticking with my homebodies. Look, you're going to join us, or you're going to pay. Look, here's a room full of gold. I paid. Now I'm sticking with the Incas. Mm, I, I didn't actually expect him to pay. No, we, I mean, we can make our teeth gold now. And we got a room full of gold? Why are we in Peru? We can go back to Spain. I bet he's got more gold. Oh, good point. Let's choke him out and find it. Yeah! And the long and bloody war between the conquistadors and the Incas lasted for a long time and was quite bloody, hence my description, and it was one of the most terrible instances of gang violence ever. Make sure that in your life you don't join a gang. It could be the death of you, those you care about, and all sorts of other innocent people who aren't a member of either gang. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But there's more, I pray. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And that does bring to mind the story of when William Shakespeare, Arjuelpa, and a French woman who loved tailgating and French fries met up in heaven after their deaths. They were all sitting around a table in a heavenly diner, and they were saying, what should we do with ourselves now that we are such close friends? And Arjuelpa said, we could have a gang. And the French woman said, that's a wonderful idea. We should have a gang that does lots of tailgating. And William Shakespeare said, I'm not so sure I'm keen on the idea of forming a gang. And Arjuelpa said, this is not a democracy, my friend. You do what I say, because I'm the gang leader and we are tailgating. So they would drive around heaven in clouds, getting way too close to other clouds. They would smash into each other, cause terrible rainstorms, until one day they were all pulled over by the angels. The angels said, you are getting a ticket for tailgating. And Arajuelpa said, this is our gang. You know, you can't tell our gang what to do. And then the angels said, well, you're also getting a ticket for having a gang. And Shakespeare said, I didn't vote for any of this. And the angels said, well, heaven's not a democracy. So that's why you should all keep in mind that you should never join a gang, first of all. Second of all, you shouldn't tailgate. And third of all, democracy is a good thing. And yes, heaven's not a democracy. That's not good. God should get on that. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten by Charles Berman, Pete Bowers, Daniel Schwartz, and Mickey Wojner. Episode 10, Serendipity Stupefies Nathan Van Etten In this life, coincidence will often happen when two seemingly unrelated events display similarity. For instance, few surfaces are as postal in the United States as the United States Postal Service, for whenever a letter is dropped into a mailbox, it can be taken for granted that it will join other letters within. One person who rarely thinks about this is Nathan Van Etten. The guy who isn't there! Hey, guy! That's quite hurtful, Nathan. Well, that's okay. You can't feel pain. Ka-ching! Ka-ching indeed, Nathan. What's in the mail today? Oh! My dad's issue of Ocelot Fancier's Monthly. Some important information enclosed. Today's postcard from Jane. Oh! Something for me I might care about! What is in that box, Nathan? Oh, my 120th scale truly horrid Umber Hulk figurine. It's not going to paint itself. Oh, darn! This is not my 120th scale truly horrid Umber Hulk figurine. This is just paper with words on it. And numbers. Let me see that, Nathan. Oh, gracious. What? Is it important? Nathan, that's a pile of checks. No single one under $10,000. Well, those are very expensive checks. Are they for sanity? Nathan, focus. There are probably several million dollars worth of checks in there. Seven million dollars worth of checks? I love that cereal. Checks brand, of course. Nathan, this is money. You know money, right? Wait, yes, wait. Yes. It's a lot of money. Like many dollars? Very many dollars. You could move out of your parents' house with this. Oh, like Homeless Todd? No, Nathan. In your own house. Oh, like Psoriasis Todd? In that respect, yes. You could spend the rest of your life playing D&D. Well, that was already in the cards. I mean dice. I kid. You could have whatever you want. Well, I am kind of thirsty. Wait! Oh, God! Could I make them bring back Ecto-Cooler? Probably, Nathan. If the scope of your ambition is that narrow. Guns are hard to make checks for. The wind is a finicky mistress. Wait! That's it! What precisely is it, Nathan? 
I will use this money as it was truly intended to buy the love of my destined snuggle buddy, Ivana Van Doren Van Etten, currently just Ivana Van Doren. I will stamp my name upon her soul with the force of an iron golem on fire, which I can now afford. Do they sell napalm in bulk? Well, NATO certified, of course. Okay, Nathan, but what's this? There are few cars as long as a limousine, and fewer still as hard to park. Who in Lolf's name is that? You there, Urchin. I am not aquatic. Come here, noble member of the unwashed. How did you know? Have you received an inch-thick stack of checks today? Maybe. Who's asking? The rightful owner of those checks. The dashingly handsome and insufferably successful Nolan Von Etzen. Who? Me, peon. That sounds weird. You sounds weird, and those are my checks. I was going to use them to tip my waitress. She has a thing for me that is called a sandwich. <laughs> and a hopeless schoolgirl crush, both of which I will consume as is my wont. You are hard to understand, limo man. Yes, it must be difficult to contemplate the life and decadent physical excess that is the life of Nolan Von Etzen. Now hand over those checks before I buy this house and raise it to the ground. Okay, you can have the checks. But first, you must agree to provide me with seven million dollars worth of checks mix. Ah, your proposal amuses me and so I shall agree. I will even give you this ugly bug statue I received in the mail this morning. Excellent! Here you go, Nolan! Nolan is what my lovers shriek in ecstasy. To you, I am and shall ever be. Nolan! Vaughn! Etzen! Deals are the way we agree to things with others. When two people are of the same mind, it is said that they can be in agreement. Therefore, the time has come for me to tell you what I've learned. If you receive someone else's mail, open it immediately and ransom the contents. As a mistake of the post office, you will be held blameless and be richly compensated. And so we leave Nathan, poor in love but rich in checks mix, as he goes inside to paint his ugly bug statue. Perhaps you will see an ugly bug before you join us once more for Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten. In that lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten, the narrator was Jack Coomrad, Nathan Van Etten was Mickey Weishner, and Nolan Von Etzen was Ed Jones. Thank you, everybody. Um, let's see. I am still enjoying some candy, but it's great to hear from everybody. Um, I, uh, I will say, please keep writing in to us. Our email address here is castinwax at gmail.com. That's castinwax at gmail.com. Go check us out on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash castinwax, one word, castinwax. Same with the e- email address, one word. We got some, uh, some, what do you call them? Oh, yeah, letters. And uh, let's let's read a few. Here's one that I've, I've probably should have read during a watch, but, well, you'll see. It's not... Not exactly watch-related. Dear Mr. White, just caught your podcast for the first time. I like it. And I enjoyed that theme music for Asshole Watch. It was really catchy and well-produced. I was a little concerned, though. I have been doing Asshole Watch segments for my home video firm, Gay Porn Co., since 1986. I know they are pretty different, but I don't want people to get confused. Could you come up with a different name? Thanks, Marcel Silvers. P.S. Also... I've already been using your watch in case you were considering using that. Um, thank you, Marcel. I, you know, I really do think they're different enough that people will figure out that my watch is not your watch. I think they'll be able to tell one of them is about actual physical assholes, which spew on a daily basis. And the other one is about, you know, gay porn. So I think, I think, I think they'll be able to tell the difference. Thank you for, for writing into us, though, and I hope you do continue to enjoy the show. I'll tell you what, as a bonus, 
I have a uh, what's it called SoundCloud. I have a SoundCloud account. I'll I'll post the uncensored Toll Watch theme song there. Yes, you will hear the word Toll unbleeped. So not for family consumption, but it sounds nice. I think it's a good. It's a nice. You will finally know what that part of the melody of the song sounds like. So I think you'll enjoy it. I'll pop that up there. Anybody who wants to can listen to it. Let's see, what other kind of letters we got? Dear Mr. White, so I still haven't found my daughter. I'm starting to get worried. I mean, it's been a while, and I have eaten some of those cookies. I looked under the Barbie dolls in her room and find this kind of hidden control panel with an array of TV screens. Do you think that would help find her? Also, the school started to ask about her, but I told them that you probably know the most about where she is, and they gave a suspicious look. Does Greater Thorpesburg Elementary have something against you? Sincerely, Rochester Adams. Oh, um, yeah, this is regarding... Uh, it's been a few weeks since the last podcast, so you probably might have forgotten. No, nobody's forgotten, Jordan. Nobody's forgotten that the Girl Scouts are out to get you, and that you are somewhat responsible for the loss of a Girl Scout. No, I would not say that. That's not the way I would put that at all. I would say that a Girl Scout was searching for me when I was lost, and that I've been found... For, like, over a month now. I mean, I don't know, it's been a while. And she, the fact that she's still missing is not my responsibility. I mean, in fact, this email was sent, what, August 12th? That was ages ago, so she's probably found by now. No, she's not probably found by now. She's a girl scout. A girl scout. Yes, Mr. Rochester Adams. Yes, the, the, the hidden control panel with the TV screens will probably help find her. Because that is what hidden control panels on TV screens do. I don't know. I don't know about that. You trust me. It is absolutely true. All right. All right. Um, so, okay, Mr. Adams, I would recommend that you that you, that you check, uh, check with that thing. Oh, I can't get this stupid bag open. There we go. There we go. Um, also, no, I don't think the Thorpsburg Elementary has anything against me, but they probably were looking at you strange because you were saying... A, a random guy knew more about where your daughter was when than you are. That's that's only that's only my guess. Um, hmm. This is pretty good. This is um, a little sour chews. It's not from. This one's from. I don't even know what company. I guess. All right. Uh, let's see. We have another. We have another email. I think we do. Yeah, uh, here's one, here's one. Uh, Jordan, I'm sorry for my lack of involvement with the podcast, but I need your help. The last thing I remember is sharing some drinks and caramel delights with some friends, and then I woke up in what looks like some kind of basement. My phone and identification is all missing, but I was able to f finagle some Wi-Fi and can only hope that this will lead to a rescue. The Binghamton City Police website offers a variety of contact numbers, but no email options. I'm not sure what to do. Maybe you could call the police for me. I don't even know where I am exactly. I'm going to try... I'm going to keep trying to escape and can only apologize. I promise we have plenty of cereals to send your way once I'm able. Some Slam Jacksons and more Nathan, a second season of Donnie Palumbo, and some others. S from Charles. Huh. Charles has been kidnapped? Well, um, I'll tell you. That's what it looks like. And that's what the letter seems to indicate. But I'll tell you what's weird about it is it's not from Charles's email address. So this could be some sort of, like, spam... Thing. Some sort of spam thing? How is it some sort of spam thing? Yeah, you know, like, where they're just trying to get some information out of me, No, so. right, I know all that, but look, they've got specific information. They talk about the podcast, they talk about Slam Jackson, Donnie Palambo, the Binghamton City Police. Clearly, this is not written by a computer, this is written by a person. I don't know, man. They've got, like, these real sophisticated, like, programs now that lose plug-in words. And so, you know, you get an email that's like, Hey, it's Jack. And you're like, oh, I, I know a Jack. Yes, this is not someone who just happens to be call saying, you know, hey, it's Charles. They've got specific details that have to do with your relationship with Charles. I, I mean, I guess, yeah, but it doesn't come from his email. How would Charles be sending an email with someone else's email? He already said that he was, you know, kidnapped and was, you know, scrounging up Wi-Fi. I mean, he's probably using someone else's computer. Yeah, that seems like a little likely of a story for me. I don't know. Oh, Dad, maybe, maybe he's using a robot that types things and it accidentally went on the wrong account. What? What do you mean? Well, that could happen to me, like, when I'm trying to Twitter something. Once in a while, it accidentally Twitters on yours. What? 
Why does that happen? Because I'm just, I just tell a robot, Twitter this, Twitter this. And if it's like, okay, and then it's still on your account, it might be like, Hi, my name is Jordan. I like moist food. Yeah, but I don't like moist food. That's what I'm saying. It, it's not. It's me saying it, but it thinks it's you. Well, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't Twitter on my I thing. I don't want to Twitter on your thing. Well, then you shouldn't. Anyway, um, I'm not going to... Hold on, this thing caught my teeth. I'm not going to call the police if this might be spam. You know, that I mean, that's that's where it all comes down. Dad, spam is in a can. No, escape, spam is also a word for email. <laughs> okay. It, it's for, like, garbage advertisement email. Okay. Whatever. Th this is clearly not spam, Jordan. You really should call the police. The police? I call the police too much as it is. I had to talk to the police about a Girl Scout. Now you want me to call the police about a friend of mine who might not even be kidnapped. Look, I'll call him right now. I will call him. I've got a phone. I've got speakerphone. I will call him up, and I will find out once and for all if he's actually kidnapped. Can you hear that? Hi, Charles. It's Jordan. I am calling because I got an email saying that you were kidnapped uh, and locked in a basement. And I was, it sounded, it was from somebody else's email. Though, so I was like, I'm not sure if this is true. I'm not sure this and that and the other thing. And Rory thought that it's true, but I was thinking it's probably spam. So I'm not going to call the police until I hear from you. Uh, so just give me a call back and let me know if you've been kidnapped. Because um, last I heard you were in the hospital. I don't know, man. I'm confused. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Well, oh, maybe not, because if you're kidnapped, you're not going to call me back. And if you're in the hospital, which is what I heard last, you probably still can't talk that well. Hmm. Well, maybe you'll find a way. If you contact me next, make sure you use the word rutabaga. And that'll be like our secret code. Okay, so, all right. Uh, that, so I'll so know it's you. All right, uh, talk to you later. Bye. There we go. So, there we are. I, I, I gave him a try. It might, uh, he might, he wasn't there. He might be kidnapped, I, I guess. But now I have a way to, for him to like, contact me and let me know it's really him if he uses that word. So, no, Jordan, that's not going to work. Well, why not? Of course it is. He's got the secret code word. He couldn't contact me and use it. And I'll be like, that's the real Charles. There's two problems with that, Jordan. First of all, if he doesn't get the message because he doesn't have the phone because he's been kidnapped, he's not going to use the word rutabaga. Uh, you know, I guess that's... I guess that's true. Second of all, you just announced what the word was on the podcast, so now anyone who wants to write in pretending to be him can use that word and pretend to be him. Ah, damn. I guess that's true, too. These ones, these ones really, these ones really get caught in my teeth. Like, I gotta say, those other ones from are much better, but these ones, like, they taste alright, but they really get, like, really get in there, you know what I mean? Like, they're... I stuck between. Anyway, so I, I guess that's that. Um, well, I hope you're not dead, Charles. Because uh, if you are, that's a bummer. Oh, we have one more. Very important email. Uh, this is regarding uh, the murder of Alan Thomas, which we've been investigating on this podcast for over 100 episodes. Um, on and off, you know. Last time we were here with Lynn, uh, Lynn was saying that she thought uh, Frank Allen did it and that he was covering it up. Uh, and then we got an email from a dude saying that he had done it and that we shouldn't read it on the Lodcast, uh, but he meant podcast and, and we did read it. And Lynn was saying maybe that was Frank Allen. Well, we got another letter. Dear Jordan and Lynn, first of all, you are both assholes. Why did you read that letter out loud? Of course, I meant to say not to read it on the podcast, not the Lodcast. There is no such thing as a Lodcast. Also... I am totally actually Frank Allen under a pen name, and he's definitely the one that did the murder, Franklin Shandy. So, that solves that. Now, just to clarify, I should mention, uh, when I say that solves that, I don't mean that that solves that because Frank Allen did it. I mean, I am pretty sophisticated. Uh, I can tell 
that this guy is totally just saying that to get away with murder. This guy, Franklin Sandy, did it. So, for this, I'll call the cops. Actually, I have an email for the cops. I'll just forward it to the cops. I don't know why Charles... That's the other thing. I don't know why Charles couldn't find their emails. They seem pretty easy to find to me, but... I'm going to just forward this to the cops. So, that way they can arrest Franklin Sandy. We can all be done with this Franklin... I mean, uh, Thomas. I mean, Alan Thomas. What the hell am I talking about? You'll forward this one. Which, granted, I, I think is a good idea. But you won't forward the one from John. I, like I said, I don't know that it's from Charles. If I knew that it came from Charles, I would probably forward it. Because I'd be like, that was Charles. If he had said... Jordan, I'm trapped under here. Rutabaga, rutabaga, rutabaga. Then yeah, I'll forward that on. You just established that code right now. He could not establish that he was Charles by saying rutabaga because you didn't give him that code until just today. And even then, he probably isn't going to get that code if he's kidnapped. You... You worry too much. You think of, you think these things too hard. You know, it's not as big of a thing as you think it is. All right. Um, everybody... I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I know it's a little weird. It wasn't maybe the best episode I've ever done. But still, I, I appreciate you all coming by. How many of these things do I have left? Let's pop a couple in. They're, they're really tasty. But anyway. Um, Alright. Next week, more stuff. I don't know what, man. I don't know. Hopefully, I'll, I'll try to get another guest host in here with us. That'll be fun, because I always like having a guest. Um, what else? I don't know, man. Um, to finish this off, I just recorded a song. There's a really great group called Get Set Go. I like a lot. I covered one of their songs a while ago. They have a, like a side project called I Give Up that they recorded. And, um, so I recorded one of the tracks from that. It's a track called The Secret of My Success. And hopefully uh, you will all enjoy it. Oh, also, I, I started putting things on YouTube once in a while. So you can look me up under Cast and Wax on YouTube. And I've got a couple, couple of videos up there of me playing ukulele. All right. Uh, stuff in my teeth, man. It's like really large in there. Okay. So if you enjoyed this, awesome. I will. Be seeing you. You try and 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 you try, but you fail. You try and 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 you try but you fail But you pick yourself up and you dust yourself up and you give it another go Oh you try and 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 you try but you fail So at what point do you give up and at what point do you give in and at what Point is enough enough. I give up, 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 I give up.
I give up, I give up, I give up. I'm so filled out, I wish I'd never started out. I give up. 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 I give up.